Thanks, everybody, for joining me today on this week's edition of the All Lions Podcast, made possible thanks to SI.com and Fan Nation. I am the Doc, John Macaroon, here today to sprinkle just a little bit of hope on the Detroit Lions 2022 season. I know it's bad. Sitting at 1-4 and four at the bye week, spent the entire week relaxing, kind of browsing the internet, social media to see how fans have reacted to the Lions 1-4 and four start. 29 nothing loss to the New England Patriots has really set everybody ablaze. Everybody's hot, everybody's upset, and rightfully so. That football game against the New England Patriots was terrible. It was awful. You can't go into a football game knowing how much it meant to the fan base, how much it meant to the season. When you have former players that played for you calling you out, there's an issue regarding your effort, the way in which the Lions performed. It was not a great performance. In today's NFL, if you can't stumble into a field goal, something went terribly wrong. Now, of course, it's a combination of the Lions going up against Bill Belichick, going up against a defense that was primed and poised to stop feeling disrespected that, oh, look at this Detroit Lions team. They're going to light you up. So New England took it upon themselves to do everything in their power to shut out the Detroit Lions. And of course, it showed. It was a masterclass in coaching in regards to Steve and Bill Belichick matching up against Dan Campbell and the likes of Aaron Glenn and the offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson. So it was a complete mismatch. And you saw the way in which it went down where the Lions' mistakes were punitive and resulted in a drastic outcome that caused and in part played a part in the Lions' loss. But I'm here today going to break down things as I see it at the bye week and going to, like I said, just sprinkle a little bit of hope, not predicting, but I could see a pathway still in 2022 where the Detroit Lions could end up with six or seven wins. Now, you can now, obviously, when you see the weaknesses of this football team, you can obviously put aside the notion of this football team winning eight, nine, ten games, being one of the you know darlings of the NFL. They're not going worst to first. They're going to be ending up somewhere in third or fourth place in the NFC North. That's just the way it is. But all is not lost on this season. I would be shocked if the Lions finished with like three wins and fourteen losses. You got to remember, there's a cavalcade of reasons why things have gone this way. And I do think that when you look at the remaining schedule, there are 12 games left. And I could see a pathway where this football team gets some wins, can potentially go 500 the rest of the way. 12 games left, you have to go 6-6 six and six in order to find a way to finish the year 7-10, and 10, which would, in some way, make it a little bit better than where they're sitting at 1-4. and four. So currently at the bye week, the Detroit Lions sit... With one win being against the Washington Commanders, who are not that good of a football team at Ford Field, and four losses. And you look at where we are with the Detroit Lions, and everybody is definitely disappointed. They are sitting in a state of being shell-shocked. And look, okay guys, remember that the ceiling for this football team was six to seven to eight wins. Most people thought improvement Most people thought that this was not going to be a playoff team. Yeah, there was a little bit of increased hype. Yeah, that when you see the offense being the number one scoring offense in the league, yeah, people kind of raised their expectations, which is fine. People are starved for success. So I can understand it. I can understand the fan networks. I can understand the fanboy sites 
that want to just promote the Lions in an unrealistic way. All you got to remember is that all Lions, we predicted every single staff member picked the Lions to lose. Okay, now we don't subscribe to the notion that, hey, if you have 12 to 15 staffers, six of them have to pick the Lions. No, we keep it real with you. We understand football. We understand that a football team like the Lions is not going to overcome that many injuries to Amonra St. Brown, who still played but was dealing with a high ankle sprain, DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark, Tracy Walker. All those injuries do not equate for the Lions going to New England and getting a a win. Now, we were wrong in that we all thought it would be a three-point game. We all thought that Dan Campbell, based on his history, would get the Lions to compete. But we kept it real with you at All Lions, and that's why I believe you guys trust us and find us in the mix of your Lions coverage. But you look at how this goes now, and everybody's saying, okay, why are we upset? Well, one, the Lions are supposed to be a team that fights, and they were uncompetitive against the Patriots, so that was disappointing. Two, the play on one side of the ball has been so disappointing that it's alarming. It's quite alarming when you look at the defensive side of the football that there's been no progress. There's been regression. That's a bad sign when you spend. Remember, this is not a team that's comprised of a lot of new players. Yeah, you added Aiden Hutchinson, a couple of defensive draft picks, but you're not going to be counting on them to carry your football team. Brad Holmes and that coaching staff have built a young football team that have been in the system. This is their second year working with Aaron Glenn, and they're not getting it. They're not getting it in any way. They're regressing. So that is alarming. When you bench Imani Arawarie, who's supposed to be coming off of six interceptions and supposed to take it the next step forward in his career, he's taking a step backwards. Why is that happening? That's a concern, especially when you have Jeff Okuda kind of playing a little bit better, despite the last couple performances that haven't been all that great. So you look at the defensive side of the football and you say, whoa, that's very concerning when you juxtapose that to the offense, which has performed at a great level. So it has now, at 1-4, your guy's appetite for the draft has started to pick up. You've written off the season. You're very disappointed in the way in which Dan Campbell has conducted himself, which is very much so in line with correct criticism, in that your head football coach is not willing to adapt, not willing to budge in any kind of way. And we've said it on different podcasts on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network, all across our Twitter page at Detroit Podcast, that Dan Campbell was kicking himself over the decision he made in Minnesota. So he overcorrected and just said, I am not going to feel that pit in my stomach feeling again. So even on fourth and nine, when we have an opportunity to kick a field goal, not going to do it. Not going to have any regrets come hell or high water. And when you go 0 for 6 on fourth down, you just realize, wow. Not the best news when you come away from that game setting an NFL record for fourth down futility. The only team in the modern area now, in, in the modern era, to, to go for it six times and not be able to complete or convert one of them. 0 for 6 NFL record. No other team in the modern era has gone 0 for 6 in fourth down. You didn't even stumble into one on short down, two, fourth and one, fourth and two. You know, of course. Fourth and nine was going to be a tall ask, but on short situations, lines still struggle to consistently decide to, hey, run a quarterback sneak or run plays that are for sure going to win. Winning plays, you know, throwing short of the sticks, making decisions on third down that obviously did not work. And so in totality, one in four start has been disappointing in that you weren't able to defeat some of the quarterbacks on your schedule that are not that great. And now upcoming after the bye week, 
you're going to have to face a Dallas Cowboy team, potentially with the returning Dak Prescott, Miami Dolphins, and the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. So it looks dire. And I can understand the perspective that fans have, the disappointment that you feel in that you look around the league and you see other rebuilds and you see other football teams like the Jets and the Giants and the Jaguars, and they're sitting with multiple wins and they're not in the same plight as you. Their outlook and their trajectory has been a little bit more hopeful and a little bit more positive. So I understand everybody's angst. Everybody that has sent us messages and concerns regarding the lines, they're justified. The feeling of frustration that this rebuild, and see what people do is they make these incorrect arguments regarding the Lions and they say, well, one player on defense, if you decided not to draft Jamison Williams, would not have helped this defense. Look, we're not saying that the defense would have taken taken a drastic step forward from 31st, 32nd, all the way up to the 1st, but all you need is just a couple more impactful players on defense. Maybe one run stopper, one more player, avoiding an injury to John Kaminsky. All of those factors could have helped the Lions get to two and three wins. So they're all fair questions to say, well, let's start to look at how much talent has Brad Holmes given this football team? Has he done some things that maybe are incorrect? Well, you can't have two second round picks not playing yet. And there's no guarantee that Josh Pascoe is going to come in and have an immediate impact. So you can't just base your reason for hope just on this, uh, you know, undying optimism that things are all going to work out. I mean, I think people think that uh, Jerry Jacobs is the second coming of Deion Sanders. And once he steps foot on the field, he's just going to immediately come back and save the secondary. Now he's going to help. I think that if he takes a step forward and can perform at a decent level, that's going to help. An improvement with Amani Arawari is going to help. Simplifying things probably did help. The Patriots only scored 22 points, but that offense is not prolific. You had a third-string quarterback, so you can't look at the progress and say, wow, look at what's going on. They still gave up big runs. They still were not able to get off the field on third down. We're not able to execute at a high level on third down. Not, not able to execute offensively all that well on first and second down to keep the chains moving, to keep the Lions away from pressure situations. So that's why I can feel the angst. I definitely understand the reason why people are disappointed. And look, Hard Knocks did not, I don't think, instill this wave of you know optimism that was unrealistic. I think that people felt, okay, maybe this team could be just a little better than the 7-8 win projection. And you saw the offense. It was great. The problem has been one side of the football has been completely, just simply, and it's frustrating because I like looking at and evaluating the defensive side of the ball. That's what I like to look at is the linebackers, the secondary. How are Aaron Glenn and and those players matching wits with opposing offenses? I like to look at that. And they've done nothing well in any capacity. They haven't been able to take a step forward, which has been a massive disappointment. It's hindering the team. It's made it so that, you know, you're just really stuck in a way because that defense has surprised everybody with how little progress that has been made, which is probably a coaching situation where either the message is not getting through or there's so many uh, calls that require quick thinking to the point where this team's not ready being that young to avoid miscommunication, to avoid trust issues. When you hear repeatedly, okay, once or twice, miscommunication's fine. But when you see the sheer number of runs over 10 yards a team's given up, big plays a team's given up defensively, there are massive breakdowns. That's not supposed to happen that way. You know, it's bend and just, it's, it's not a bend, don't break defense. It's a bend and let them team score 
defense, and it's 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 among the worst again in the National Football League. You just can't have that if you're going to have any sense of hope in trying to win these football games. So that's why it's very very tough. It's very, it's it's a situation in which at the bye week, you know, having the extra ten days for people to sit and stew on their anger has just kind of taken people out of the Lions and maybe pushed them towards the other Detroit sports in the Wings and the Pistons who are about to kick off their season. But they're still away. Second half of the podcast, I'm going to lay out a scenario in which the Detroit Lions can still finish with six or seven wins. Okay. And I do, obviously, here at the Detroit Sports Podcast and at All Lions, we, like I said, we keep it real. We discuss all things, whether it be critical, whether it be good things that, that have been going well in regards to the offense, whether it be looking to the future, we break it all down. We don't have to sugarcoat anything. We don't have to have any certain agenda. We just speak our minds and speak the reality in which the crew here at All Lines sees it. And that's why it's been a blessing. And that's why you guys continue to push that download button and find us each and every week. 365 days a year, seven days a week, we're looking at the Detroit Lions. And it's fun to do because even though the results on the field haven't been great, there's still a football team being constructed. There is a football team being constructed out there at Allen Park. Now, we can agree or disagree with how it's going, but I believe that you're starting to see at least opportunities where you can say, okay, this is kind of where this is being built. You've, you, you started to obviously target the area of the field that you can get the most success quickly. And that's offensively. You saw, boom, just like that, better offensive line, improved run game, having the opportunity with a couple more pieces offensively, the connection between Josh Reynolds and Amonra St. Brown and Jared Goff has been amazing. So you have the opportunity that you can see this offense taking strides forwards and performing at a high level. That performance against the Patriots is an outlier. Other teams will try to emulate that, but they, they, they won't be able to because the bye week, one, will allow a lot of players to get healthy. You got to remember, it's not an excuse, but no football team is going to overcome not having a fully healthy Amonra St. Brown, not having DJ Chark, not having Tracy Walker, not having uh, De- DeAndre Swift out there, one of your best running backs and your best uh, threats out of the backfield in the passing game, a home run threat. You can't take away two players offensively that are staples of your offense and think that things are going to go well. So hopefully the uh, the high ankle sprain of Amonra St. Brown drastically heals over the next 10 days and uh, DeAndre Swift, by all accounts, should be ready for the Dallas football game. So there's that. Okay, so right now, as we sit, we're at the halfway point of this podcast. It's now time to turn our attention um, to the opportunity that the Lions do have second half of the year. How bad really is it? Is this going to be a year in which the Lions only finish with three wins? I can't see that. I can't see that. Um, I cannot see the Detroit Lions just not being able to take advantage of a significant strength in that offense against some of the teams on their schedule. So how do they get there? It's going to be tough right after the bye. That Dallas game is going to be tough because you would have thought, okay, Dak Prescott's gone. Then that means that Cooper Rush is going to probably fail, fall fall flat on his face and not be able to have success. Incorrect. Uh-uh. Cooper, Cooper Rush is now making an argument down in Dallas that maybe he should take over for the football team. Uh, down there in Dallas. Jerry Jones has a good problem in that people are already looking at Dak Prescott going, could Dak Prescott have accomplished this? This many wins in a row? Now they have a tough test. 
uh, Sunday against the Eagles. So I think that'll be crazy, a crazy game to peek at. But I'm of the opinion that this contest is going to be key in, in terms of how the team performs after the bye week. You have an opportunity. Dan Campbell's going to look at things. And I think just based on the track record of his deep dives, offensively, it went well. Defensively and in terms of practice, I think the changes that they're going to be uh, that are going to be made are going to produce something tangible. Will it be a win in Dallas? Probably not. That's going to be a tough one. I think on the road, Dan Campbell yet has still in his tenure with the Lions not had a victory. Got a tie against the Steelers. Has not walked away from a road game with a win. So that's tough. Four home victories is um, is a wild situation to look at in regards to. Dan Campbell and company in regards to the wins. Um, Off the top of my head, it was against the Vikings, Cardinals, Packers, and the Commanders. Those are the four wins that Dan Campbell has in his tenure. Nothing to speak of on the road. So it's going to be tough there. The the pathway to, you know, the, the, the pathway for the Lions to secure seven wins might not start with Dallas. But you look at it moving forward. That Dolphins game is going to be is going to be key. You know, I think that's the game that might decide it for me as opposed to Dallas to tell me what is the trajectory because Tua might still not be there. He may, he may return, but that offense, you have the potential to kind of, if you scheme it up properly for some turnovers, have an opportunity. If you can play that game, that smash mouth game, if you can get out ahead against the Dolphins at home, it's at home at Ford Field with the crowd, hopefully being behind the lines. That's an opportunity to get your second win of the season. That's where I'm starting with right there. If you don't get the win after the bye, if you don't go one and one in any scenario, if you can't win against Dallas or win against the Dolphins, you can't get one win out of those two. Then we'll be back here in a couple of weeks looking at it and we'll be sitting here saying, okay, the season might t- take a downturn to be catastrophe. And then we're going to have a whole bunch of new narratives. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. Now you keep moving it on. I'm going to go through the schedule here. Going to pull it up. Detroit Lions schedule. Obviously, it's the Cowboys and the Dolphins, and it's the Packers. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough in regards to, you know, November 6th. It's a home game, and there's been opportunities, but the Packers, just for whatever reason, they have young wide receivers, so that offense might be taken advantage of, but you still have to assume the Lions defense is not going to do enough against Aaron Rodgers in that contest. So I see that being a loss. Now you have a critical contest, another one on the schedule. November 13th at the Bears, your first of two games that are potentially winnable that you have to take a serious look at winning. That Bears game on the road, you have to take advantage of the defensive, you know, uh, you have to take advantage of Justin Fields' offensive line, which can't stop anybody. They can't block. You can, even for a team like the Lions that struggles um, with, with pass pressure, you can hopefully get John Kaminsky back. Hopefully, some changes and the evolution of Demetrius Taylor and uh, Charles Harris returning. Hopefully, you'll have a pass rush with Aiden Hutchinson further along in his rookie year to be able to take Justin Fields out of that contest. I see that being a win. So now that's three wins. Uh, you have the victory against the Commanders, Dolphins, and Bears. That's three wins. The Giants. I love what Brian Dayball is doing. That's where all of this is being fed from. All the angst is that, look at Brian Dayball. How the heck is he doing it? It's coaching. It's motivation. It's putting your team in the right position. It's just, hey, when the chips are down, we make the plays. The Lions, when the chips are down, mm, 
And that's what was, it was concerning to kind of wrap that up. TJ Lang looked at the performance of the team and said they didn't try. They didn't have the proper mindset to play. He saw all players on the sidelines with their head down. He's a former player, so you have to respect what he's saying. And he's also working for the flagship. So he's not out there trying to be like outwardly critical of the team. And thankfully, he was honest when he gave the recap. He said that that football team against the Patriots did not have that spark when things went south to push things forward. And hopefully that's one thing that gets corrected. Because when a former player in TJ Lang looks at the situation and says, uh-oh, I'm seeing concerns, that's a problem. So I respect TJ Lang and what he's able to do in the media and, and to, the way he breaks down football with John Jansen is top of the line. So make sure you find their content as well. He had concerns. I have concerns. Everybody had concerns. So you got to find a way to fight, at least on the road against the Giants and Brian Dayball. But that's going to be tough. So I'm going to see a loss there as well. Thanksgiving, probably a loss as well to the Bills. Could that be the game where you just play your best game? It happens. But I I, I can't see it. So loss there. Jaguars, another opportunity for you to get a win. Okay? Look, it's at home. You have a situation in which you have a second-year quarterback. I know the Jaguars are doing a lot of good things. But I think a healthy Lions team at home and an improving defense, not great by all means, but I, I do believe it'll improve. My premise is Aiden's going to improve. The secondary is going to play better. Jerry Jacobs will play better. Josh Paschal, by now, could be better. And you got to remember, I'll tease it, but you know what it is. Lions could have a secret weapon around this time of late November, December. I don't think you're going to you know, trot um, potentially Jamison Williams out against the Bills or the Giants. I think you maybe wait for the final four games of the year, four or five games. We'll see. But uh, I think there'll be an opportunity at least one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe December for Jamison Williams to start his career. So that starts with December 4th, if I'm correct, and it's December 4th against the Jaguars. That's a win. So that's three wins now in post buy. It's against the Dolphins, Bears, and Jaguars. So that's four wins. Home against the Vikings, it's a toss-up. I wouldn't count on it. But it's it's one of those that, you know, you probably have to take a look at in regards to um, maybe competing on the road. It might, it's going to be tough. I think Robert Sala has that offense playing at a high level, but they're prone as well to have bad performances. Maybe a performance where they overlook you. Maybe a situation in which you, you get to that point where Jamison Williams can be that factor in a tight contest. That's a toss-up, but you got it. You got to get one of the wins against probably the, the Giants to get to seven wins. So give me the win against the Jets. Maybe it's better against the Giants, but I'm taking one win in either in New York. One win in New York, not two. So that puts us at five wins. The one in which I think is a lock is the Panthers. That team is a mess. Could that be another game in which you struggle? Yeah, I mean, it's a road game, but you got to give me the win against the Panthers. That's six. And then home against the Bears on New Year's Day, start the year off well. That's seven. Maybe a throwaway game. If you don't win a game in New York, then you have the opportunity to defeat the Packers. So again, you're at one win. Here are six more wins available to you in this schedule. Okay, Dolphins, Bears, one win against either the Giants or the Jets. So that's three. Jaguars is four, Panthers is five, Bears is six, you know, and maybe, maybe into that contest with, you know, the Packers. So let's review that one more time. Right now, the Lions sit at one win. I got the second win potentially against the Dolphins, third win against the Bears, fourth win, maybe against the Giants is the, is the best opportunity. 
Uh, Jaguars could be a win. Panthers and the Bears again. Now that probably is more closer to six, is more realistic. Six, seven might be the, you know, right there, that sweet spot. So there is a pathway. There is that pathway, guys. There's only a handful of games that you could um, you could look at. And so here, I'm going to lay out for you in the last five minutes what I'm looking for in the last 12 games. It's tough, guys. I know it's tough. And, and trust me, I would not be shocked if a lot of those things go wrong. I could see the, the Lions, you know, shooting themselves in the foot against the Bears. I could see them really having uh, uh, maybe some wins where you don't expect it, maybe against both New York teams, maybe against the Bills. You just play out of your mind and keep it close. You know, um, it's it's everything can happen. It's, it's, it's really all on the table. It's a lot of football left. But you got to remember now, I teased it. Jamison Williams is going to come back. He's going to step on the field. And I think when he does, that's going to open up a whole new level of confidence. I think it's going to make the offense even better. And you got to remember, guys, this offense – is where it's at now could get better if Jared Goff tightens up the mistakes, finds his offensive weapons, a returning St. Brown and Swift, TJ Hawkinson maybe fighting for that contract, takes a step forward and realizes that his play has got to be more consistent even when teams are targeting him because that's what happened, you know. So that's what I'm going to fight for. I'm going to fight for six, seven wins still uh, with the odds are probably, you know, realistically being six wins. So that's how I'm going to look at it. You know, but here's what I'm going to look for as I post on social media. The pathway for the Detroit Lions to earn sec, uh, six to seven wins is not that unrealistic. Look for the latest All Lions podcast where I explain it. It's always good on social media. 12 games left. What am I, a daily reporter out there at Allen Park, observing everything, keeping it real for you guys? What am I going to be looking for? Dan Campbell won has to step up, has to improve. You can't just be aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. You know, um, you can't just be that short-sighted and stubborn. I can't emphasize enough that Dan Campbell did hurt this football team with some of the decisions he made in that first half. It's not just a talent issue. This football team has talent. The coaching staff is not doing enough. They're not doing enough to get the message across in all phases, you know. It just has to be. That's one. Dan Campbell has to not be the factor that is causing this football team to lose. Two, Jared Goff has to step up and, you know, really, really protect the football. Make it a goal. No more turnovers for points. Figure out a way that, you know, you got to have those turnovers, you know, happen in in situations where it's close in the game early and, and deep in the opponent's side of the field, not pick sixes, not doing it in a spot where they can return it and, and have plus side of the field. You know, like the, the first interception wasn't great, but it, it put the, the, the team in a, in a bad spot, but the defense still had a chance to stop. Obviously three, I want to see the defense figure out a way to just steadily improve Aiden Hutchinson's play. You got to see him take steps forward, not a bust, but has to perform at a higher level. That's the way it is. You know, um, and that's just the way it is. The defense has to. It cannot be that bad. Otherwise, you got to move on from Aaron Glenn, no matter the consequences. It just has to be. It just has to be that way. Um, it it just has. The defense just has to, in a certain way, take a step forward. Whether it be simplifying the scheme, uh, getting back Josh Pascal, uh, and, and potentially finding avenues of getting everybody just a little bit better across the board, finding avenues to get Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant more involved, and figuring out better ways to get your defense. And, and then most importantly, Amani Harawarie. I don't know if he wants to be out of town. I don't know what's going on, but um, 
it, it's 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 um it's it's concerning. You know, I didn't think that was going to be the case for somebody trying to prove um trying to prove that this was a player. I thought he was a good player. He put himself in good positions, and I didn't think at least he'd take steps backwards. That's something you really don't expect. You know, I I I don't see scenarios in which the play of Amani Arwarya gets that much worse. Getting benched, that's an eye-opener. A huge eye-opener. And I think f- him fighting for his contract in the second half of the year, working with Jeff Okuda and Jerry Jacobs, hopefully instills some new life into, into what's going on. And then the evolution of the rookies. Kirby Joseph's going to get more run, more experience. And you look at how, you know, this defense can evolve with the linebackers and putting people in different positions. Obviously, I want to see you know Derek Barnes play at a higher level way better than he's performing right now. It's not looking good in regards to when he's been out there. It's just been mostly on special teams, but then when he got a, 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 a more looks, it just hasn't been fruitful to justify keeping him out there. And you obviously going to expect, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez to play at a high level. That defensive line just simply has to get more pressure. There has to be a better scenario in which this football team can make plays. And remember guys, it, it does look bad now in the moment. I respect your heat. I respect it, but it's not, you know, I respect the fear. I understand that you think it's going to fall off, but I can't see this football team being in a scenario in which it stays at one win for a long time. There's pathways for wins. Now, you know, where am I going to put the lock? I'm going to put the lock at six wins. I think that it makes the most sense to go from three to six. Double your win total. Um, hope that a couple games go your way that 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 maybe you don't expect, obviously. Um, so far, my predictions on all lines have been pretty fair. I think I've only got one game incorrect. Uh, best bets, always kind of putting money in your pocket. Started off the year four and one. So, you know, trying to help you guys out in your bankroll as well. That's why you guys stick with all lines for your lines coverage. But like I said, I know it's doom and gloom, um, but there has to be a voice of reason. I know some of you will say it's not going to be you, Doc. You're an alarmist. You're a sensationalist. But no, I respect the heat. I don't invalidate those of you that are like, hey, this could be a, a, a one in 16 team. It could be. <laughs> it definitely could be. I wouldn't be shocked. At this point in time, you you expect everything with this Detroit Lions. I turn on the microphone and I'm like, I got to do another show where I recap how bad this football team is. I'm already a pro at that. I actually, I keep saying it. I might not know how to handle, you know, recording and covering a six and one football team. I wouldn't know how to handle it. What do you do? You talk about, you know, the the play of the roster. What do you what do you cover if if, if all the news is good? But uh, it's going to happen. I do believe at some point, whether it be in the next five years, if it's the next coach, uh, because you know Brad Holmes does have that card in that he didn't hire Dan Campbell, so he still has, I think, uh, the odds of being here longer than Dan Campbell does, but. I'm going to look at it from the from this week, at least. Uh, it feels like this year's podcast season has been 50% doom and gloom and 50% hopeful. You know, remember, I'm the guy that said SOL is over after a win with all those injuries. And then what happens? Of course, you turn on the microphone, insert foot in mouth here, and the Lions proceed to keep, get their ass kicked for the next couple games. But as I enjoy this coffee, I'm being hopeful. The pathway, guys, for six wins is not so bad. It's bad. Get it all out this week. Definitely will bring you draft coverage because, yeah, it's kind of coming to light that maybe the, the talk of the quarterback will continue to be there if Jared Goff doesn't perform. Maybe the opportunity is, is there to keep looking at how the defense shakes out. Maybe there'll be drastic changes. You never know. But what you do know, what you can count on is all Lions will be here to be able to break down all things with the Lions, with the salary cap, the draft, 
highlights, lowlights, things that are being said online, what's happening. Basically, All Lions brings you the pulse, the strong pulse of the greatest sports fans in the country, the Detroit Lions fans and Detroit sports fans. So that's why I thank you. I am eternally grateful for you guys allowing me, John Macaroon, the opportunity from where I came from to step foot in Allen Park every single week. It's not because of me, not because of anything I've done, but because you've gravitated towards an understanding that we're keeping it real, no agendas. We just, the the premise of our project has always and, and will always be whatever we're thinking, we're not filtering it. We just throw it out there. Come good, bad, or whatever. The, the premise of the Detroit Sports Podcast, the premise of All Lions, has and always will be. If we think it, we're probably going to say it. And I thank you guys for receiving it and always knowing that uh, a real individual is covering the team who, who's grateful and relishes the opportunity to talk to you guys about the Detroit Lions. I'm hoping I was convincing. I don't know. I might not have done a good job convincing myself, but... 6 and 11, 7 and 10. Bank on it. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you stick with all lines for your lines coverage. And anywhere, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find the All Lines podcast. Just type in Detroit Sports Podcast and our content will find you. Thanks, everybody. Looking forward to firing up the microphone next time after the bye week, hopefully after a solid performance against the Dallas Cowboys on the road. This has been the All Lines Podcast, and I'm John Macaron.